So I want to wish everybody a happy Divine Mercy Sunday. Of course, at the past, I don't know, week or two, if you pay attention to social media, you've probably seen some memes or people sharing different quotes about what life is going to be like after this time of the coronavirus is over, once the stay-at-home orders are lifted. A number of them sort of echo the same tune. In particular, this week, there was one floating around from Brene Brown. Uh, many of you know that I have an affinity for her thought and teaching, basically saying that we cannot go back to the way things were. There's going to have to be a new normal. This time of quarantine has taught us so much. And so we can't go back to the greed. We can't go back to the competition and the pollution and the consumerism. We've got to care about each other. We've got to care about the planet. We have to have a new normal. And while I believe that this is indeed true, I really do hope that there is a new normal, that we can take some lessons from this time that we have all endured and to a great degree will continue to endure together. But it made me think of another way for us to understand this new normal. This way that life had been going a certain way, there's this decisive event that happens, and then after the event happens, we can't go back to life the way it was before. Whether it is the coronavirus, or you could say it was September 11th, or you could say it was any other type of potentially cataclysmic event. In our own lives, we can see different things that happen, good or bad. And we say, life will never be the same. Life should never be the same. If this is true for all of those things, then you better believe it's true for the resurrection. If indeed what we are celebrating today, what we've been celebrating for the past week, what is the central teaching of our faith, that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, not as a myth, not as some figment of our imagination, but as an historical fact, then there could never be normal again. Things have changed in a real and radical way. You have before the resurrection, then after the resurrection. And so we can look and we can read scripture and see about how sin and death have been triumphed over. How that death no longer reigns. And that Jesus is the first fruits and that we through sharing in baptism and in his resurrection will get to share in that life. Now many will say, well yeah Father, that sounds true, but it sure seems the same. Look at the world today and the time of the resurrection. There's still death and destruction and evil and killing and war and famine and plagues. So yeah, fine, it's nice to believe in the resurrection and we can talk about how things are different, but it sure doesn't seem that things are different. And so that's what I want to do briefly today is talk about that new normal. The new normal that does exist and that we as Christians who believe that Christ rose from the dead as an historical fact and is still alive today should impact our lives as the new normal. And the first one deals with our concept of God. 
of who God is. I was reading an article over the course of the past week. The sociologists did these studies of all of these different ancient cultures and the way their concept of deities evolved. And it seems that you study sort of religious history and the different types of religions and world religions, and there is a pattern of evolution. And at some point in the development of a culture, the culture comes to conceive of a big God, some sort of a, a deity, a father or a warrior who is there to keep everybody in line. That if you misbehave, you end up getting punished. The cultures don't necessarily start with this big God. There are often many tribal gods, but they sort of coalesce into this one big, large concept of God as a ruler, as a king, as one who says, you people better get along with each other or you're going to get punished. Now, that argument is, in these pagan cultures, is this concept of God develops in order to bring about more social cohesion and peace. We're not going to do something bad to that other person because we don't get it. We're going to get punished by the big God up in heaven. And so you can say however you want that that is the God of the Old Testament. Of course, we as Christians are going to believe, fine, yes, maybe Israel over time developed their understanding of who God was. But we believe that God did indeed, through the prophets, through Moses, through Abraham, reveal himself to the degree that they could understand that, that God is Yahweh. He is all controlling. He smites the other gods. He destroys them. But when Jesus came and rose from the dead, something changed. Here, God says, finally, let me tell you who I really am. Yes, I'm almighty. I am all powerful. I'm omnipotent. Fine. The God of the philosophers. But Jesus ultimately says that God is the father of mercy. Of mercy. He's not some big deity. He's become man. He's not there waiting to smite and destroy us. In fact, he's willing to die for us so that we can call him father. He is not the God of vengeance, but he's the God of mercy. That's what we're celebrating today. Divine mercy. This is a radical realignment in the history of religions, if we fully understand it, of a concept of God that almost comes literally out of nowhere. Granted, you could see certain seeds in the Old Testament, but that's the new normal. It's not the punishing God who's the tyrant, who's this capricious leader, but he is the merciful Father who's looking for any way to show his forgiveness and to show his mercy. And if we're going to call ourselves people of the resurrection, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we got to believe in that. This is the God who is revealed to us. This is how, because of the resurrection, what Jesus said is true. If I say a bunch of stuff and then I die and come back to life, guess what? You better believe what I tell you. We believe Jesus because he had the skills to pay the bills. He, he backed up what he had to say. He came back from the dead. And so God is not this tyrant, but he's the God of mercy. But what is the problem then, though, if we can understand this and we believe in the resurrection? And again, that's a whole separate homily of why we believe in the resurrection, sort of assuming that you understand you believe in the resurrection if you're following with me. Why is it we're still jerks? Why is it there's still so much evil in the world, at least human evil? We can give all the philosophical arguments that we want, 
But the real reality is, if we're not seeing a change, it's not God's fault, it's our fault. And that's why I think we could get to our own responsibility in all of this, is that yes, things have changed, there should be a new normal, but there's not a new normal because we are not open to the gift of the Holy Spirit. As soon as Jesus comes into that room, he gives them peace, he gives them forgiveness, he says, listen, I'm not here to smite you dead. I'm not that vengeful God. I'm here to forgive you. Now receive the Holy Spirit. They received it there, and of course they received it in this plentiful multitude at Pentecost that pushed them out to bring the gospel. But we've been given the power to live a new life. We received it at baptism for our own sanctification. The Spirit's constantly working in our lives in confirmation in order to bring the gospel to other people. But most of us don't do anything with it. Oh, we have the Holy Spirit. We pay the Holy Spirit lip service. The reason is things are not different is because we are not living the gift that God has given to us. Think of the people that are. We all know them. No one's perfect. But these are the individuals who do live in the joy of the gospel, who know freedom, who are not bitter and cynical and obsessed with the death and destruction, that are not vengeful, but are living... A Christian life, these are the people who are living a life in the Spirit. And we can look at them and say, oh, that's fine for them, but not for me. No, that's a lie. It's for all of us. Now, we're all going to have different manifestations of it, but we're all called to live in that same freedom. So imagine if we all did that, things would be different. There'd be a new normal. But the problem is, is that we as Christians are not doing it. We're not responding to the gift of the Spirit. We're just going about our normal lives. And so if we want to have that new normal, if we don't want to go back to the way things were, it comes from understanding who Christ reveals God to be, a merciful God, and who he calls us to be. Calls us to be merciful, to be compassionate, to be joyful, to be loving. Everything there that's in the gospel that we cannot do on ourselves, that we need grace, but he gives us the grace if we respond to it. If we fan it in a flame through prayer, if we build up virtue, if we try to listen to the way the Spirit prompts us. This is what we are called to do. And so, yeah, fine. We're going to have all kinds of wonderful things that hopefully have changed in our own lives after this is all over. But if you're listening to me today, as Christians and as Catholics, fine, you can have learned a new language and you know how to wash your hands better and you like to go on bike rides with your kids. But the real thing that needs to be changed is to be open to that gift of the Spirit that transforms our hearts so that we can be more like Christ, more merciful, more loving, more compassionate. And so if we as Christians could respond to that, then we indeed would establish the new normal that shouldn't be post-coronavirus on, but should be post-resurrection on. We're living in the time of the resurrection. We're living in the age of the Spirit. Pray that the Spirit can be alive in our lives, that we can live in and spread the message of divine mercy and God, our merciful Father, in Christ our Savior. Amen.